Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 7 verses 1 through 24. The title of the sermon is, And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Here's the first half of this two-part study. Um, so the last time we were in the book of Genesis in chapter 6, we saw in Genesis chapter 6 verses 11 and 12, it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So God had decided uh, to flood the earth, and God decided to judge the earth, and he had Noah be begin to build the ark. Um, it's very important, like next week we're going to spend a lot of time looking at a young earth. We'll look at things like the um, dinosaurs, triceratops. They're still finding cartilage in the, in the bones. And it's crazy because the person who found the cartilage in the bones, and it's even, what's even crazier is, it, it, I know Joe Rogan's not one of those shows that we should normally watch, but Joe Rogan actually went over this about a global flood as well. And they had brought the evidence in and um, kind of shared that with uh, his audience. And the thing is, is when you start talking about a global FUD, what happens is they have been wired to teach something a certain way. So science does not want to adapt to that. Science wants to uh, continue to teach Darwinism, you know, and, and so that's kind of the issue. Um, and, and so we need to um, we need to understand like there is evidence and we'll go over that evidence about a young earth and we'll go over the evidence of um, the, the geological evidence that's available that's uh, there as well. Um, and, and, and then we'll talk about the dinosaurs next week because I know that's usually when everybody wants to know well, what happened to the dinosaurs. And, and we'll get into all of that next week. But the, the earth is, is going to be judged. Remember, don't get focused on the minute details that you miss the context of the scripture. That's the most important thing as we go over this story is that, that God is going to judge the earth. Noah was obedient and Noah was going to build the ark. In Genesis chapter 6 verses 13 and 14, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself, uh, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and uh, outside with 
pitch. And so when we see this, Noah's going to do something that is going to be a theme throughout these next few chapters. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Thus Noah did according to all God commanded him. And it's the same thing that we're going to see in chapter 7. Noah did everything that God had commanded him. Now, if you, if you ever want to see the scale of the ark, there's actually YouTube videos where they do tours of, of the, the official ark that was built and um, that was built in Kentucky. And so you can actually do, uh, uh, they do a virtual tour. They walk through it. They show you the scale and the size of it. Um, and so you can kind of get an idea how big this thing was. Could it be steered? No. <laughs> Only by God. So it can only be steered by God. Um, it's, it's just a, a big hunk of wood that, that's going to survive the flood. And, and when you see it, you go, man, there's no way that thing should float. The other thing that we have to remember, too, is, is very important. As we talked about the Bronze Age and those type of things that you're taught about. If, if we came from cavemans, how in the world did Noah build an ark? Right, because everything you're taught in school is that you come from goo, right, and then from there you're you're kind of we're we're made from monkeys, as they say, and that's not true, because what we see is we we saw in in early on that they were making musical instruments, and we also see that that Noah's building an ark, and it's not a a small ark, a small boat, it's a big, big piece of equipment. And, and, and it just goes to show the intelligence that was there. And that's what happens with science. And it's, it's that same way with biblical archaeology. It's the same way. They don't want anything to prove the Bible. The evidence is there of a global flood. The geological evidence is there. The physical evidence is there. But they don't want anything that proves the Bible. They'll hide evidence. Even the, the biblical archaeologists have caught atheist archaeologists hiding biblical evidence they destroy it because they don't want the bible to be real and so when we look at these things it's to understand like this is a true story that happened they they have a place where they believe the ark is set in turkey um and, and you can look at that online as well but we need to understand, like, it, at this time, that, that, that Noah was intelligent, that Noah built the ark, that it's not a, a caveman dragging his knuckles. Like you always see in the cartoons. Remember the cartoons? <laughs> They're always just like the dumbest people. And that's not what we see here. And it goes back to when we look at a young earth and we look at a global flood. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says, But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord gave them 120 years. And then you're going to find out the Lord even gave them an extra seven days. That's how much mercy that God had. He's like, please come. To the, they were still, um, here's another seven days. Come into the ark. But they wouldn't do it. And so it's sad when you read that, but that's the reality of where we're at now. So when we get to chapter 7, we're only going to cover about six verses tonight. So I know you're probably thinking, oh my Lord. 
we just started but we're only going to cover about six verses so uh this is actually part one of a, of a two-part that we'll we'll finish next week but it says the lord said to noah come into the ark you and all your household because i have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation the righteousness noah was in right standing with god Noah had put his trust in God, and, and that's for us as well. We are to put our trust in God as well. But you have to understand that there are other, you know, we put our trust in many things every day. You know, you put your trust as you drove to church and all the other drivers that they were going to obey the traffic laws. They weren't going to run the red lights. Anytime you fly, you put your trust into the pilot. We are to put our trust in to God. I put my faith, my trust in God that He sent His Son, Jesus, to be the propitiation for my sin. I put the trust that God's Bible is without error. There's nothing that needs to be added to it or taken away from it. I put my trust in that Jesus sits at the right hand of God and I'm one of His children and He's interceding for me. But have you ever put your trust into somebody and it failed you? We all have, right? At some point, we all have. As a parent, as a father, as a husband, I have failed my wife or my kids at some point. They may have put their trust in me and I failed it. But we don't have to worry about that with God. You don't have to worry about putting your trust in, in a parent or a friend or an employer or a politician and think, oh, they're going to, I can trust them. Let me tell you, every one of them, their feet are made of clay and they will fail you at some point. But not God. That's who Noah put his trust in. Noah is, is, is justified by grace, just as if Noah didn't sin because he had put his trust and God saw him as righteous. He had a relationship with God. He focused on doing the one thing that God had told him to do, to build an ark. Build an ark. And I, and I wonder how many times that God has put something in your, your path that you're not doing, that you're afraid to take that step of faith. In verse 2, it says, You shall take with you seven Seven, each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female, also seven each of the birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. So why seven animals? Well, he, first off, we need clean animals. Why do we need clean animals? We have to do sacrifices. God's going to expect sacrifices when the, when the flood waters uh, recede. God's already planning ahead of time to repopulate the earth. He's always thinking outside the box. He's all-knowing. He stands outside of time. The things that we can't see, God is taking care of. And He's doing that in this moment. And we see the, the repetition was to teach Noah the distinction between clean animals and animals that weren't clean. Noah was told seven pairs were to enter the ark. Only one pair of each unclean was to enter. The reason for the distinction was for the greater number of the clean, clean animals to identify them, to ensure they would have ample supply of food. And so God has given him all the details of what he's supposed to do. And that's, you understand, this wasn't given to him when he built the ark. This is given to him now. God doesn't give you all the plans because if he did, you wouldn't do it. You would be like, oh no, this is what I plan on you doing in the next four years. We have to understand that, that God has always has his children's interest, best interest 
at heart. You see, a proper supply of animals. And a proper supply of animals fit for sacrifice. Because it is divine worship. It says, for after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the, on the uh, earth forty days and forty nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. So the ark is completed. And so we know that the flood happened when Methuselah died. What does the word in Hebrew mean for Methuselah? His death will bring it. That's what Methuselah means. His death will bring it. And the flood is fixing to take out everybody. Anything that breathes is done. Any of the land animals, any of the people, they're done. And the work is finished. But yet God gives mercy and yet he gives us seven more days even after the, the ark is built. It's God's mercy. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, it says, who, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through the water. That's it. All the preaching about righteousness, about God, and only eight people go into the ark. When I read this, it's a reminder of how narrow the road is. Okay? We're on a very narrow path. It's not the wide. All the population of people wiped out and only eight souls get on the go on the ark. And and, and it's you know, it's just one of those things that you, you, you think about and all those people. All those people were told. We're told about his, his righteousness of God and this is why I'm building the ark. This is the purpose of it. Well, it never rained, Noah. It's going to rain. He trusted God. Think about that. You're trusting something that, that's never happened. You're building something that's never been built. I just want to make sure you understand when we, we see the obedience of Noah, how important that is. How many arks do we have in the Bible? Four, right? We have four. We have Noah's ark. You have the ark uh, that was built for the the um, or, or the 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 ark for Moses in Exodus chapter two verse three. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and and daubed it with asphalt and pitch. And put the child in it and laid it in the, the reeds by the river banks. You have the, the ark that went into the earthly tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 37 verses 1 through 9. Then Bezel uh, made the ark of Achaia wood. Two and a half cubits with links. A cubit of its half width and a cubit and a half its height. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside and made a molding of, of the gold around it, and he cast for it four rings of gold to be set in the four corners and the two rings, one on the, on the side. The two rings on the other side, he made poles of Achaia wood and overlaid them with gold, and he put his poles into the rings at the side of the ark to bear the ark. He also made the mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits was its length. And the cubit uh, a, a half its width. He made two cherubim of beaten gold. He made them of one piece and at the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherubim at the one, one end on this side and 
the other cherubim at the end on, on that side, and he made the cherubim at the two ends of the one piece with the mercy seat, and the cherubim spread out their wings above and covered the mercy seat with their wings. They faced one another. Their faces of the cherubim were towards the mercy seat. Now, you, you may, that may be familiar to you if you ever saw Indiana Jones. That's, that's where you see that. What, what We just were listening to this on the way here with Sandy Adams. What went inside the, the ark? The law, the, the, the tablets, the word of God. What happens when they opened it? They died. They died. There's also a heavenly ark in heaven. A heavenly ark in heaven. So there's one here on earth. And then one in heaven. Revelation eleven nineteen says the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there was lightnings, noises, thunders, an earthquake, and great hail. So we have four arks. And it's important for us to understand, like when we look at these, the even the one the temple on the earth, and then we have the one the temple in the heaven, it's it is the ark of God's covenant and the symbol of God's presence to his people. And so when we see the vision of the ark would have uh, for, for just in, in Revelation, it's, it, it's encouraging God's people. The mercy seat. God wants to continue to, I mean, grant mercy. At some point, he could have already said, that's it, we're done. Because if you look at the things that are happening today with the violence and the corruption, men and women that are, have evil continually on their minds, it's no different than the time that Jesus said, remember the days of Noah. We see that today. And so as we look at that today, it's a reminder to us that, that Jesus is going to return. He's going to return. The ark should be a reminder to you that, that he is returning. You can look at the sign of the times and tell when you look at the Ezekiel War, you look at all the parties that have increased in the region. As Russia has gotten more power and China stirring the pot and Iran and Syria are working together. This thing's coming to an end. And Jesus is coming back. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it's a reminder. The ark is a reminder to us because it relates to Christ. That's our safety, right? That's our safety. How, when we look at Noah's ark, it's related to Jesus. And so we know the story is even confirmed by Jesus. So if anybody says there was no, it's just a, a local flood or it's not. Because Jesus confirms it in Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 and 38. He says, but as the, the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving into marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. It was still party time. But we see that the, the days are, are characterized there as the, the apostasy and the anarchy and the ungodly philosophies that are being pushed today in our world. And we know that, that one of those things that was said in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was evil continually. The wickedness had reached a level where God judged the earth. To the point where he says in, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things, and birds of the air. For 
For I am sorry that I made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It's grace. The same grace that's provided to you but from the Savior. It's the same grace that we have as the picture of the ark is a picture of Jesus. You see, the ark security, as we talked about it, it's made out of gopher wood. They make rooms in the ark and they cover it, in, it, it inside and outside. The gopher wood is, a, is cypress which will not rot and pitch is tar. And usually the word for pitch, this word is translated in the rest of the Bible as atonement. The water was God's judgment and not one drop could come through. Christ is the atonement for our sin. And no judgment can get you. Meaning that if you've confessed your sin and you've asked Christ into your heart and you believe in the resurrection, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're His. You're protected just like Noah and his family was in the ark. The ark was sufficient. You look at the way that it was built and the rooms of the ark and the shape of the ark and, and, and it was stern. It almost looked like a giant coffin going through the water. But the ark had nourishment. And you shall take of yourself all the food that is eaten. And you shall gather it to yourself. And it shall be food for you and for them. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 21. And God took care of every one of their needs. For Noah and the family. And when you come to Jesus. Jesus is our shelter and our substance. Jesus is the only thing that satisfies. The ark had a schedule. We'll look at that in Genesis chapter 8. And the ark rested in the seventh month. And the seventeenth day of the month. On the mountains of Arat. You might blow past that, but when the ark arrived, having been steered by God with no rudder, there's nothing to steer the ark. The seventh month on the Jewish calendar was April, the time of Passover, when Jesus came out of the grave and the flood waters of God's wrath upon the cross. And that grace provides salvation. That's why we have a Savior. We're going to be going over that again this week as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. But as we read those, those verses that you've been saved by grace through faith and not of your good works. Grace means that, that God has saved us apart from any effort of our own. When the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and your household, Noah had to take a step through with faith. Noah didn't do any, any good works. Noah was... Uh, uh, trusting in God. Noah had no way of controlling that boat. It was all the grace of God that kept him and his family safe. It's that same grace that provides security for us. God didn't say Noah go into the ark. He said come. Meaning God was in the ark. God was in the ark. And in Christ you are as safe as you can possibly be. You have the, the Holy Spirit that resides in you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Come and follow me. God shut the water out. And then God shut Noah in. God shut the door and Noah have Noah knowing that, that him and his family was taken care of because he trusted God. And Jesus said in, in John chapter 10, verse 28, I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall they never snatch them out of my hand. Just as Noah, when the door is shut, they're safe. The ark is a representation of Jesus Christ because you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. When God sees you, He sees His Son. And sadly, the first time that the world was destroyed, it was destroyed by water. The next time the world is destroyed, it will be by fire. 
the world that existed perished being flooded with water but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and we know that from reading second peter that he's long-suffering that he doesn't want anyone to perish but turn to repentance but he will deal with this earth in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be, holy in conduct and godliness, looking for a hasting the coming of the day of God, because which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Everything that we see will be burned up. Judgment's coming. And you better have an ark. And that ark is Jesus Christ. So when we see this in, the, in these verses, Jesus is, it's a reminder that the ark is a type of Christ as we study the Bible. In verse 5 of Genesis 7, it says, And Noah did according to all the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters were on the earth. And God is, is letting him know here there, there are some things that are happening here in order. Noah and his family were to enter the ark and then it had the, the clean and the unclean animals would enter. And after seven more days, God would begin to send the rain on the earth. That's the mercy that he gives. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 